It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFG studios, as always, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. So the current projection is that Social Security will reach insolvency by 2034, which is just 11 years away. And politicians are debating the potential changes to put Social Security back on a correct course. And so what are the changes that are on the table and how could those changes influence your financial plan? We're going to define insolvency as well as sort of a scary buzzword surrounding Social Security. But then, yeah, how, how do you prevent it? How do you avoid it? What are the chances that happens? But the big idea, how could it influence changes to your planning? We're helping with that right now. If you need any help or have any questions for the show or for your own situation, we're here for you. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. Then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. So Kevin shared, we've all known way back when they uh, they used to send the green love letters three months before your birthday every year. These letters, some of you are like, what is this geek talking about? It's uh, a, an, a mailing, a statement, a green text on it of your Social Security, and all over the front page was about how they were going to run out of money. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they would project out, I think, when I started my career, I think they were projecting 2038. Sounds about right. 2037. Yep. Keeps coming down. Then 2034. And I'm sticking with 2034 because Janet Yellen came out last year and said, We've done such a good job getting the economy back on track. Social Security is now not going to be insolvent until 2035. And like bragging about it. No, no, no. It's still 2034. We'll probably see a recession between now and then. So anyway, what, let's first start with what does insolvency mean before we talk about, well, how are politicians debating on yeah. fixing it and avoiding it? You know, I, whenever I'm thinking about government finances, I always try to relate it to personal finance, you know, family finances, because it's it's what we're all used to and everything. But imagine a family that's generating $100,000 of family income coming in each year, but they're spending 120. How does that work, right? right. It, it can only work in a couple of ways. One is if they're able to borrow that extra $20,000 to live off of every single year, or if they were spending down some sort of resources or some sort of assets, maybe they had an inheritance or maybe they're spending down their retirement nest egg or, or something like that. But it can't keep going forever is the point. And eventually that nest egg or that inheritance would get depleted, right? Yep. If you had $100,000 and you're spending an extra 20 every single year, you're going to burn through that nest egg pretty, pretty quickly. Well, that's happening right now with Social Security and Medicare. Those, um, those government programs are not bringing in as much revenue or as much salary, so to speak, as what they're actually spending because there's so many people who are retired who are receiving the benefits now. And so when we talk about insolvency, it's kind of when is that point that the inheritance runs out? Yeah. Right? Uh, because they're already at the point where the income doesn't cover the expenses. That's a problem. In the in the long term and we're defining long term now as 2034 maybe 2035 
it just depends on who the the forecasters are. I've even heard 2032 from some forecasters. Yeah, we we hit a recession and wages come down and all of a sudden you have fewer dollars paying payroll tax, less money going into fund Social Security and therefore a larger deficit. And you might think, well, this this inheritance Josh is talking about, it's fairly crude if you <laughs> if you're a taxpayer with with a light bulb going on in your head. Um, that's the Social Security Trust Fund. There is no money left in it. It's just IOUs. So it truly is this um, this sort of Ponzi scheme, if I can if I can say that. Money is coming in and going out. In um, but they still track all of those receipts that are supposed to be in the Social Security Trust Fund vault. And at insolvency, instead of I think most people when they hear insolvency, they think Social Security stops and it goes away. Um, and but in, instead, it actually means your Social Security, the, the Social Security recipients, those that are receiving payment, would their payment would just drop to what the current funding level is, which, Josh, you shared. It's about 20 percent in your example. I, I know that was intentional. So if you're getting $1,000 in Social Security right now, you'd end up getting 800 bucks during insolvency, and then it would just track from there. And they're saying that would happen around, yeah, 2034, 2035. Yeah, it's it's. It's very interesting because when you, I was, I was talking with a, a good friend and a client this past week, and he was saying, um, and he has plenty uh, abundant resources, let's say, and he said, you know, one of the things that they should be doing is means testing Social Security, because we're talking about that, and you say, well, how would the, how would the drop, how would a twenty percent drop impact someone who's collecting a thousand dollars a month and it goes down to 800 versus they just increased the um the amount that you can get and so you know it, it now you can get like 4500 bucks uh a month is that right i'm not sure what you're saying the actually. absolute max you mean like yeah, if, if yeah. you had maxed out your so they just increase the absolute max but if you look I'm, and i'm looking at clients who are getting four grand a month and i'm like well if i'm getting four grand a month a drop of 20 percent to me is less impactful if you will than if i'm getting a thousand dollars a month and it drops 20 percent ah bigger nominally at, though at, at the a... at the risk of right at the risk of doing math but i, I, I you, right. if you if you look at all of this and and we've listened for years and years and years like what what are the solutions to this social security uh crisis and you know part of it would would be just stop taking the money stop borrowing the money out of the trust fund I, yeah, potentially. I, I think that's, uh, there's a, See, I, no way that'll happen. I've never gotten bent out of shape about that one, though. No? No, because, so imagine uh, for decades, you've got all these workers pie, piling money into the Social Security Trust Fund. What do you do with that cash? It's not like you take it down to the local credit union and you just put it in a CD or something. You've got to do something productive with it. And what they're doing is they're buying treasuries, buying treasuries, right? getting some interest, lending yeah. it to the federal government. Yeah, and yeah, the the problem with that is it does feel like a lot of people say, "Well, this is a house of cards here." My goodness, if the federal government doesn't pay back the other side of the federal government, the Social Security, 
then we've got you know double the trouble yeah. happening. So well, the the point wasn't to lecture on you know the inner workings of government finances because boy that would be depressing. Instead, we're going to talk about <laughs> potential changes to Social Security, which also let me warn you could be depressing because the reality is it's either it's either a reduction of benefits or increase in taxes. That's just the only way they're they're going to do it, and and indirectly or directly now. Apparently, there well, there's there's been some infighting within Congress, if you can believe that, and I believe there's been a proposal to push back the retirement age, make some other things, make some other changes. I think you could isolate the potential changes to solve Social Security into four different categories, and the first one is increasing the actual Social Security tax, not the tax you pay on Social Security, but the tax that you pay into the Social Security Trust Fund. So how's FICO work? And then what are some of the proposals that maybe are on the table? Right. Because they have been increasing the Social Security tax, if you if you look at it that way. Because it went from you, your, your limit was $60,000-ish when I started working. Yep. And it's now, you, so you, you pay your... 6.2% and your employer pays their 6.2%. That was on about $60,000 when I started and now it's up to 150-ish. We're actually going to hit that one next actually, yeah. the wage right. base change. But the the thing that hasn't changed though is the 6.2% number. Right? It's always been 6.2% 6. of some some amount of income and mm-hmm. and the income number has been the moving target, but there is some talk of saying, well, what if you didn't pay in 6.2%? What if you paid in 6.5% right. instead? What, why stop there? Why not go to 7%? Why not 8%? You right. know? Um, but the, the point is, if they start basically raising the rates on Americans, then that would be a way for them to kind of chip away at the problem, I guess. It's not like um, raising the, the actual tax rate by you know 0.3% is going to solve the problem, Mm-mm. but it it does. It's a down payment, I guess you could say. So let's, we're going to break down FICA. And then I, there's two different proposals that I've seen. One works a little bit. One works a lot of bit. One you might like. The one I know you won't. We're going to break that down. But plus, what are the other options that are on the table? Kevin started leaning into one. We've got that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. How do you fix Social Security? And my goodness, if they do, when they do, how do you need to plan? How, how should you adjust your planning? How should you adjust it right now, knowing that changes are upcoming? We're helping with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online at wisemoneyshow.com and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Social Security is is heading full speed into a cul-de-sac. There's there's going to need to be a change, a course correction here by 2034, maybe, so, so 11 years or so. What are the changes that are on the table? Well, they're all going to include increase in tax or reduction of benefits. And if you say, well, that's not fair, you're living longer. We're all living longer. And I'm not justifying, but the original math didn't plan on people living and, re- and being retired for 25 or 30 years. They, they, it, wasn't, it wasn't based on that. And therefore, if your retirement is only going to last five years, you don't need as much saved up. You don't need as much paid in. 
But if it's going to last 25 years, you need a lot more saved up. You need a lot more paid in. And, and that's precisely the issue. So it's a good problem, but a financial problem nonetheless. So how are politicians debating about fixing it? And the first one is directly an increase in tax. It's, it's an increase in the FICA tax. So we touched on it really briefly. Let's let's hit it again. What What is FICA and how much goes into Social Security? That's a great question. So it comes out of your paycheck. If you're an employee, if you're self-employed, you pay that uh, directly. Social Security and Medicare withholdings, you would, you'd separate the two. The Social Security part is what you're referring to, Mike, is the FICA, Federal Insurance Contributions Act. Mm-hmm. And it's com- really comprised of three components. You've got the old age which is, all right, when I hit 62 or I can wait till I'm 70, but at some point when I get older, I get I get to draw a certain monthly benefit based on what I've paid in. Um, survivor, if, I, if my spouse has died, I can start drawing Social Security at 60. Yep. Um, or if I have minor children and my spouse dies, it's, it's kind of, like a, a life insurance, if you will. Yeah, so there's a monthly payment until my minor children reach a certain age. And then disability insurance, which is if I'm totally disabled, I can draw a social security disability benefit. So those are the three, it's old age survivor disability income. Those are the components of social security. And so it's 6.2% that comes out of my paycheck and 6.2% is contributed by my employer. So a total of 12.4% goes for FICA taxes, if you will. So 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 12.4% of every paycheck from your very first paycheck when you were a busboy or whatever it was, that was mine. Um, <laughs> is it has been going towards quote unquote retirement and there's been additional benefit with disability and so on. But that's why we're preaching from your very first paycheck. I hope you're contributing 15% towards retirement, right? Because if 12.4% is going towards social security and that's only going to cover about 30% of what you'll need out there in retirement, I hope you've been saving aggressively from that very beginning as well. So here's the thing, looking at a report right now, apparently there's bipartisan support on increasing that 6.2 to 6.5%. I actually hadn't heard that number before preparing for this show. And that would eliminate about 16% of the budgetary shortfall. Doesn't go very far. I saw a report last year, 2022, actually from the Social Security Administration where they were proposing increasing at 1% on each side. So from 6.2% to 7.2% for the employee and 72 for the employer making that contribution instead of 12.4, 14.4, and that made up the difference by about 50%. Mm-hmm. So a significant amount of shortfall. That would be a big change in tax. We'd all be paying a little bit more, but that would go a long way towards fixing the problem. So absolutely, this is, you've got to connect this to the second potential change. And Kevin already started mentioning it because it is, it, it, you can't delink these two. And that is one are, one is increasing the tax rate. The second they have been doing all along, and that is increasing the amount of income that you pay the tax on. So guys explain that. Yeah, that's, you know, one, one, if you're a taxpayer and you don't like to pay taxes, this is one benefit that you would say, well, if I'm a high wage earner, if my income um, is north of one hundred and sixty thousand dollars, 
then I'm not actually paying into Social Security's system out of every single dollar that I earn. I'm, I'm being taxed that 6.2% that you were talking about, Mike, on the first 160 grand. But uh, as Kevin pointed out, throughout his career, you, you've watched that number really escalating, especially in, in recent years. That's up 9% since last year, by the way. So, Kevin, yeah, when Kevin got into the industry, I'm looking at the chart right now, it was 60 grand. Yeah. It was 60 grand. When I got into the business, it was 87,000. And yeah, now it's doubled. It's 160. So yeah. 29 years ago, it was 60,600, and now it's 160. Yeah. We're going to blink. It'll be 180, and yeah. now you've tripled during your, your career. Well, and, and there are some voices that say just uncap it completely. Yeah. I, I wonder how many forecasts they've run that would say, well, what if we taxed you 6.2% on all your earnings, no matter how sky high you go? I, and, and Okay. So you, I wanna, you used the term intentionally. I want to make sure our listeners are catching that. Earnings. So paycheck money. Yeah, wages. Wages, not dividends or capital gains, those sorts of things. They haven't applied a Social Security tax to those. That's not even on the table is my understanding, but could be. Who knows? What what has been on the table, and you've heard this, is, well, we'll still have everyone pay in up to that Social Security wage base, and then there will be this donut hole where you've got wages that you can earn that aren't subject to Social Security tax. And then once your income is above $400, we will tax it again. I don't I, – I've never been a fan of that because – I. 400 is arbitrary. I don't know where they came up with that number or why. Apparently, this article is saying it's got bipartisan support. That would help cover 60% of the budgetary shortfall. That is a surprisingly yeah. large amount. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I'm looking at this. About 80% of Americans support that change. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, I don't know. We, we we could get into politics maybe a little too far on this one, but yeah, let's go. You Come know, it, it it feels as though anytime you hear a a potential solution that affects someone else more than it affects you, mm-hmm. it's real easy to want to do a thumbs up on that one. Um, but man, I, this this one just logically speaking, I've I've often thought, well, yeah, why stop at six point? Stop the six point two percent at one hundred and sixty. Why not just have it be on all the income? It it's not like your um, the the rest of your taxes that you pay slow down and stop uh, out there in the future. They they ramp up actually. We see, have a progressive tax system. See now there are Social Security experts out there that know more of the guts of the system than we're going to get into today. But the reason my my logic and I probably shouldn't apply that to Congress and what they're doing right <laughs> now. But my logic is the reason they don't want to do that is now your Social Security calculation is on all of that income. Yeah. And that would make the problem worse. It it's, certainly makes it a moving target, right? Because yeah. if we tax you more, then you've paid more into the system and we're going to owe you more. Basically, your Social Security calculation, and some of you, uh, you know, this this is helpful tidbit, 35 years of, up to 35 years of your earnings history is what the Social Security calculation is based on. But again, there, if, if, you, if you make 200 this year and you're only paying Social Security tax on the first 160, 200, then 160,200 is what's going into that calculation for this year, not the 200. But if you had to pay the Social Security tax on everything, then it would be the 200, and therefore your benefit would be higher. 
right? So it, it's a it's a moving target. <laughs> yeah, that I that I lose. You, you, you no, know, you, if you use a number of two hundred, which is two hundred thousand, and then you talk about one hundred and sixty thousand two hundred. Yeah. Yes. It, okay. it gets confusing. Yeah, it's almost it's per- like doing math on the air. It Mike. was perfectly clear to me. <laughs> <laughs> this number, your Social Security wage base, has been increasing. It was 147000 the in 2022. So this is an increase. And we quantified that. I did that, I believe, on a, on a Wise Money YouTube video where, all right, how much tax increase is this? Um, now, you know, apply this change if, you're, if the wage base goes up. And the tax goes up by 1% on each. And I'm not going to do that math, but these aren't big numbers, but added up, it'd be a big difference. So what other changes are on the docket for how to move Social Security from insolvency back to solvency? And then really, what changes, how, how should you prepare for this in your financial planning? So the, the biggest one, in my opinion, that's been on the table, we've got that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Are they going to raise the age at which you can draw your Social Security? People have been uh, prophesying this for years. Kevin was sharing that he's serving clients right now who are on Social Security who said it won't be there by the time I need it. And and it's there. I, we, I have the same thing. So what changes are on the docket? How does this change your financial plan? We're helping with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show. With Corhorn Financial Group, thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show, as well as a lot of other content on the YouTube channel and bonus content in between segments here on the show. We just dove into a few different things. We're not going to be able to hit on the air here. So go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to the channel there, turn on notifications so you're made aware every time we drop new content. All right. How do they fix Social Security? Raising taxes or reducing benefits? That is it. Raising taxes is the first one. That's sort of the direct, the direct one where they could increase the FICA tax rate from six to six point two to something else. Um, they could increase the wage base that you pay Social Security tax on. That's also an increase of taxes. The third idea that's been kicked around for a long time, apparently has a lot of support, is a reduction in benefits, and that is while pushing the your full retirement age out. They've already done this from 65 to 67. They're proposing moving it from 67 to 70. So explain, guys, full retirement age, how this works, and then weigh into this proposal. Yeah, full retirement age is um, based on what year you were born. So they've been moving this number over time. But um, you, you know, it, once upon a time, it was age 65. You had to be 65 in order to get your full retirement uh, benefit. But the earliest that you could draw was 62. Well, every time they move up that full retirement age and and you have to be older and older to get your full benefit, it means that an earlier withdrawal period or an earlier start date for when you turn on that Social Security faucet um, means you're going to really feel a bigger reduction, a bigger penalty. Um, So they're, they're really kind of creating more and more of an incentive for people to wait longer and longer so that they're not paying out as many years. Um, you know, actuarially, uh, some people would fear that the longer that I wait, 
um, the the less likely that I'm actually going to get a payout. Like, right. what if I pass away? What if I get some diagnosis or something that shortens my life? And it's part of the reason why a lot of people, based on fear and maybe based on some peer pressure as well, they often start drawing at 62, the earliest that you can possibly start drawing. And all that means is that, yes, you're right, you get it at an earlier age, but you're signing up for a permanent reduction for the rest of your life. And that reduction gets bigger and bigger if they keep on raising the full retirement age. Just to be clear, we are not advocates of, in every situation, for everybody, you should delay social security, delay drawing social security as long as possible. No, you need to take a financial planning approach. Look at all six areas of your financial life, do the math, and optimize it in your emotions absolutely weigh into that. They do. Your CFP is going to help you with that. Now, I'm just getting on a soapbox here because I recently saw an article. There's a lot of financial advisors out there that say you should draw immediately. Absolutely. Every time you should draw it immediately. And why is that? I'm going to tell you. Because they want to tell you what you want to hear in order for them so they can be attractive to you so that you'll work with them it that that is it for anyone to say there's always the right solution for everyone they're wrong that is not the case that's yeah, there not are true. a lot of those videos floating around the youtube absolutely saying absolutely draw as soon as you possibly can because that's what you want to hear i want to hear that too well i also want to hear i can retire right now yeah <laughs> All you have to do is throw the insolvency word around, though, and and put the fear in people's minds that, hey, if you don't start drawing right now as soon as you possibly can, it might not be there for you by the time you reach full retirement age or age 70 or something. Malarkey. Absolutely. There's a risk. And you've got to weigh that out with your entire financial situation. Did a video just recently where I blew up an article about three reasons why you should draw Social Security at 62. It was it was not only bad advice, it was wrong. It was wrong. So go to YouTube, check that out. I sort of kind of explained why it was wrong. But here's the thing. They moved it from, they, they, there was a sliding scale based on your the year you were born, like Josh said, when they moved it from the full retirement age from 65 to 67. There's a proposal out right now to move it sliding scale from 67 to 70 if your birth year, and I'm smiling, I'm looking at Josh, uh, was 1978 or after, which is uh, coincidental. It hits both of us. That's, <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. But it also aligns with, even though I'm sort of laughing and smiling, there's no laughing matter, it aligns with my entire life and lots of people that we've served, uh, they're moving that to 70. You just, yeah. it, like, you don't want it to be true, but you also know they're probably going to do I've it. been saying that my whole career too, but now that they're actually talking about making it real, it, for, yeah, for it starts you. getting personal, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think this one is likely, what, what are they saying? That this would increase the, this would eliminate only 14% of the shortfall. Oh no, this is, a, there's an article here that shows if they move it from 67 to 68, that would only fix 14% of the shortfall. If they move it to 70, it's going to fix about 40%, 50% of the shortfall. Have you heard anything that would say, um, if they moved it to full retirement age of 70, do they also increase like an advanced stage where you can keep on delaying past 70 and allow it to keep on growing? I think have 70, they raised that age I think, at all? I think 72. I, they're all just infighting. They're all arguing. And, they, and yep. we're going to get here, but w- do they even have the guts to make these changes and win? We'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah, but that, so I, I've thought about that because I thought, okay, they, they've, they've raised the full retirement age to 67 years old. 
if you were born in 1960 or later. And they allow that benefit to keep growing by 8% a year from 67 until 70. Mm-hmm. And so you think, well, one of the ways that they could they could help it is to say you can't wait beyond 67 to draw. But I actually think actuarially that it's the same number. The number that I would draw at 67 is the same number that if I didn't draw at 67 and I uh, commenced drawing benefits at 70, it actuarially it'd be the same number. I'm going to go on record, and you know the the all the numbers that I shared earlier are very confusing. Saying the word actually and actuarially in the same <laughs> sentence is just as confusing. Are we okay? violating like all the rules of radio today? It's all right. Awesome. So the, the <laughs> final proposal that apparently is getting a lot of support is means testing Social Security, and they've been talking about it since what George W. Bush. I, I, for a long time, 20 years at least, essentially looking at reducing benefits for individuals that are high wage earners or have high income. I don't know how they do it. They, they, my problem with this is they're going to need to draw a line in the sand. And are they going to look at your net worth and make it sort of a wealth tax? Because if, it, if they're just going to look at income, well, income can be manipulated. Instead of drawing dividends, I can get capital gains. Or are they basing it on tax return? Are they going to base it on a couple years ago tax return? And then they'll reduce it. But then what if you're able to, you know, what if your income was high for a couple of years and then it drops? Does your Social Security all of a sudden jump? There is so much complexity, and they probably will find a way to navigate that if they propose this. But so much complexity that I just think it's, gosh, none of this is quote unquote fair. You, You can't even think about that. But that just seems arbitrary. Sure. And I mean, we've seen that there, there are lots of government programs that are means tested. The, the, the free lunch program at school, the financial aid program when you're going to college. What you pay for your Medicare. What you, yeah. Absolutely. Medicare that, Part B that and D. is an amazing one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, when you look at these, these, this means testing, it's, it's not unusual to see this tied to various programs. And it could make some sense. Um, yeah, I think you take the, the word fair and throw it out the window. I know, just I just know. like I told my kids, like, hey, fair doesn't exist. Because really, no matter where you, no matter where you draw the line, the people on one side of the line are going to say that's not fair. And the people on the other end of the line are going to say, well, that's not fair. It should be a higher line. I guess what I'm saying is that wherever you draw the line, I'm assuming it's a moving line. Mm-hmm. That you and and so we're about to get into well, how should you be planning ahead? Because I think there could be some financial planning that you could do, depending on how they draw up this rule, if they if they implement it. Not suggesting that it's a foregone conclusion, but there's some planning that you could do to help put yourself in in the most favorable light as possible. So okay, so those are the big four, the big four potential changes that are on the docket on the table for Social Security. Now, here's the question. How should that influence your financial plan? What should you do differently today based on these potential changes? We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. When Social Security inevitably changes, 
We're not sure how. There's a few different ways that we just shared are, are possible changes. But but are you going to be prepared or not? That That is that is the question. We're helping with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Wherever you listen, just search the Wise Money Show. Subscribe to it there. Follow it there. And, uh, and rate the program. We appreciate that. Today, we are talking about Social Security. There's been a lot of discussion this spring about tying some Social Security changes to the government spending proposals to make sure the government stays solvent. <laughs> and, and politicians have been fighting and saying, no, we're not going to tie this to spending bills and whatnot. This has got to be something else. So we talked about the major potential changes, increasing the tax rate from 6.2 that you pay and your employer pays, or you pay both sides if you're self-employed. You Inc- pay, hey, Mike, just for the record, you pay both sides you do no matter pay what. Both, that's right, that's okay. right. Um, increasing the wages that you pay Social Security tax on, that's the second potential change. Moving the retirement age back or making it, making it later for you to draw your full retirement benefit. And then lastly, means testing or reducing benefits to high wage earners. Those are the big four changes on the table. Guys, before we get into financial planning implications, when are they going to have the guts to make any of these changes? Well, I don't. I hope they don't make changes. I hope it, we continue to have two sides in Washington, and one side says those guys over there want to completely get rid of Social Security, and then that side says those guys over there are liars, and, and we get and we get absolutely nowhere. Yeah. It's just it's so ridiculous what is going on, and it it would be refreshing for someone to come in and just say, hey, listen let's let's lead through this i mean social security has always been thought of as kind of the third rail like do not do not touch social security because if you do it's kind of uh career ending type stuff but yeah we're they're going to have to um figure it out the the reality is there's a number of people in congress right now that won't be in congress in 2034 yeah and yeah. so this is the this is the challenge because you say, all right, well, if I'm not going to be in Congress, I do I care about how the changes are made? So I, it's kind of a cynical outlook. And uh, this is a show about financial planning, so let's let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but if if you look at the changes that have been made over the years, mm-hmm. they've always been kind of sneaky, like tuck it into some other bill, some some change. You know, that's how we lost some of the ability to. Uh, do true social security planning mm-hmm. with you know um, adjusting what date you start versus your spouse and and so on. Like there used to be more strategy involved Absolutely. with social security, and a lot of that stuff went away uh, on the heels of bills that had nothing to do with social security. Yep. So the the more of it that they can get done, kind of in the shadows. Unfortunately, that's how they're operating. There's it's not like there are people running on a campaign that I'm going to come in and fix social security. Um, maybe that will happen at some point. It's going to have to happen because it will be broken and it will be on someone's watch. I, there's n- there's no way this is a headliner bill. There's I, there I just there's no way just because it's a lightning rod. You could go out there and say we're going to fix this thing, and then your neighbor on the other side of the aisle starts creating commercials saying this person ruined your social security. Right. No, it's changes that needed to be made. So it's really for politicians, it's a lose, lose, but we're all looking to them to say, Hey, guide us through this, lead us through this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I, I would say it probably aligns with the crisis, but I would completely agree with you, Josh. If it doesn't align with the crisis, it's s- small changes that are really big tucked into other bills that are they're trying to do it in, in the dark. So, all right. So if there are changes, and we talked about the four potential ones, how do you need to change your planning? What adjustments do you need to make right now, even though it's uncertain how it's going to change? We're certain it will. We don't know when. We don't know how. Does that mean you just freeze and you don't make any changes in, in your financial planning? Or what adjustments should you make? Well, my hope would be that you are doing financial planning, yeah. comprehensive financial planning, and that the person that you're getting your advice from is not just someone who's selling you some investments. Uh, especially, there are tools out there that could be uh, almost sold uh, for the purpose of solving um, issues like you're going to live too long or boy, the stock market, it's volatile, it's risky, isn't it? And basically using fear and and things to just drive a product decision instead of a true planning decision. Whatever planning you're doing, it needs to include a true retirement forecast. We talk all the time about a five-factor retirement analysis, and it, it allows you to focus your attention on the things that you actually have control over. And that's the basic message that I would want to be sending, and that is don't wait for Congress to fix this for us. You need to have your solution already in the works long before you're drawing Social Security or long before Social Security gets messed with or fixed, so to speak. Um, And to me, especially if you're a younger individual, I would plan um, and, and forecast as if you're not going to receive every single dollar that's been promised to you yep. from Social Security. And if, if I was going to give you an actual number to use, I would say build into your retirement forecast. When you're contemplating how much income am I going to have coming in in retirement, plan on 80% of your Social Security being paid to you. Whatever number you would have used, whatever number is on those, uh, what would you call them? That your the green uh, love letters. letters? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, whatever number that is that you you've been promised, reduce it by twenty percent, and that just it, it puts you in a more conservative spot. It puts more of the um, the the demands for your retirement on your own shoulders instead of on what the government is going to be able to provide for you. And that's exactly where you want the responsibility to sit, on your own shoulders where you're in control. You decide how much you're going to save, how much growth you're going to pursue in your portfolio, that kind of thing. Yeah, this is a retirement income question. And so there are a couple ways to approach, from a financial planning perspective, my retirement income. And one is to put things in place to ensure that I've got more retirement income. And another thing that I can do is put things in place to make sure I have access to more of the retirement income that I have. And that would look like reducing my ongoing expenses in retirement. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a couple different ways to approach it. One is I want to increase the, the, the mailbox money that's showing up. And the other is if I reduce my ongoing expenses, I'm also therefore able to have more money in retirement. I yeah so Bernard paradox I think is what you were trying to say there Kevin uh, <laughs> though so if I would agree with you Josh and I've had gosh I've had a lot of discussions with clients where we talk we've talked about that over the years but we haven't done it as much and now as this is getting more real more tangible I think it needs to be done a lot more well here's here's what your retirement picture looks like based on Social Security. But don't remember that one. 
here's what it is if your benefit turns out to be 80% of what you're actually seeing. And the other thing that I would add to that is look at that retirement forecast, that retirement, that five-factor retirement plan, also assuming that you draw your Social Security later. This mm-hmm. is not a suggestion, right? You've got to make an individualized financial planning decision that fits for your situation. But but what if it just because of some of the haircutting and other things that they do, what if you don't draw until 70? Mm-hmm. Build a plan around, well, what would it take for, for me to be in control if that's the scenario? I, I would want you to also recognize that part of the reason why Social Security's system is broken is because there are more people in retirement drawing off of the system and they're living longer than ever before. And that is a real demographic uh, trend that affects you individually as well. You have to assume that you're going to live longer than you thought you were. Don't go into retirement thinking, well, my money's only got to last this long. No, assume that you're going to live longer than you think. And when when you uh, forecast a longer end to retirement, it does force you to do more preparation. Yeah. You have to have a more robust game plan, a more robust uh, nest egg itself. And so uh, just take the realities that we've been talking about today and let it put some some wind in your sails and some motivation to, to really get going on your own retirement planning. Now, it's possible with that last potential change, that means test, that they look at your earnings during your working career. And if you're in the top 20%, they reduce it. If they do anything other than that, if they look at your your actual income on your tax return. Another thing that I would consider is I love the Roth, love the HSA uh, as ways to save up for retirement. So talk to your CFP about that. Talk about all these changes, build that five-factor retirement plan, see where you stand, make some of these, these adjustments to social security to see with those stress tests, are you still on track? All right. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Also on podcast and YouTube. Hey, that's right. <laughs> uh, am I on track? Am I on track? Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.